Welcome, everyone, to the Operation Automation Podcast by Omron, where we're talking all things factory automation. My name is Kenny Heidel, and I'm a National Channel Account Manager focusing on channel engagement. Sitting here with me is Carrie Lee. Hi, everyone. I'm Carrie Lee. I'm the Product Manager for Sysmax Studio, NJ NX Controllers, and NXIO. Carrie and I are neighbors at our Omron office and would often have conversations at the coffee machine or in the hallways where we would talk about each other's products, new technologies and trends, and of course, the Chicago White Sox. We hope to recreate that time here in our podcast and share it with our listeners so that you can learn along with us. So whether you're pouring yourself your first or your fifth coffee of the day, driving to your first appointment, or just walking the dog, we hope to help you start your day right with a little bit of fun and hopefully you'll learn something new too. Well, Carrie, today it's just uh, just you and me, and I think we got a very interesting topic that we're going to talk about. Yep, pretty excited. Uh, our episode today is It's Not Easy Being Green. It's not easy being green. That's quite the Kermit impression, Kenny. I feel like I've tried it. you've got kids at home. <laughs> I know, I tried it a couple of times now, and I feel like it was good. Uh, you but yeah, we're going we're gonna to talk a little bit about, you know, what, what sustainability is, how, how Omron supports sustainability, but also what we're seeing in the market from different uh, manufacturers and industry trends uh, on, on promoting more of a sustainable environment. So, Carrie, I do have a question for you. Do you know the three items that are classified and graded upon for the Dow Jones sustainability indices? I do, Kenny, because we did some research before the uh, podcast. A little behind the scenes there. (laughs) Uh, So it's economic, environmental, and shockingly social, right? You and I have talked. Mm -hmm. That's kind of a surprising aspect of it. Absolutely. I did not, uh, you know, Omron Omron has been on this Dow Jones sustainability indices for, I think, five years in a row, right? Now. Mm -hmm. And I was surprised to see, but also happy to see that social was part of that. You know, I think I think it it's not what comes top of mind when you think about sustainability, but I think it's it's cool that that it's part of the the grading process. So I guess my my first question for you, Carrie, is in real question, non trivia, is you know what is what is sustainability to you? What do you what do you think about when someone says, "Are you a sustainable manufacturer?" Yeah, I think to me it's. You know, we often think of, you know, recycling, right? But mm-hmm. it's more than that. It's it's your 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 carbon footprint. It's how much waste you're creating. It's, you know, you think of back in the 70s and 60s, the, the sludge coming from a factory into like a lake or a river. Mm-hmm. I think we've gone out, done a lot to get away from that aspect, but it's how, how can I be a responsible member of society and make sure that I'm keeping... A, a minimal uh, carbon footprint, minimizing my waste, and uh, producing products that are, if not beneficial, not harmful to the environment. Mm-hmm. I definitely feel like the more the more I've researched and learned about it, you know, I, I, it's always kind of they're kind of like aha moments, right? It just seems like, oh yeah, of course, you know, you should reduce the number of hazardous uh, items you put in a product. You know, ideally, uh, using some kind of renewable energy to to power the factory, but it's. When you think about it initially, I would agree. You think about, you know, are are we are we using recyclable materials? Are we using things that when, you know, in the product lifespan, you know, in our industry, right, a lot of the different products have a limited lifespan, right? When they're done, what happens to them? Do they are are they able to be recycled and and things like that that I 
that's kind of where my mind goes. Um, <laughs> we think about green garbage trucks all the time, I guess. Um, but maybe that's the kids. <laughs> <laughs> so it's interesting, right? Because there's the two points. It's the products you're producing and then how you produce them. Mm-hmm. And one of the things I just thought about when you said, where do things go when they're done with them? Mm-hmm. Planned obsolescence, right? Mm-hmm. Our grandparents, when they had things, you know, you buy a refrigerator or a TV, mm-hmm. you, when it was broken, there was a TV repairman who would come and fix it. Um, I think in the past, you know, 50 to 60, maybe 75 years, we've moved more towards a planned obsolescence model where if I have a consumer product and it breaks, it's cheaper to buy a new one. Right. Mm-hmm. And you don't think about that second effect of you've got a landfill somewhere filled with different consumer products. I know, at home, my husband and I went through two coffee makers in two years. We couldn't figure out why. We just switched. Now we just use a French press. We're like, we're mm-hmm. done with it. But it's frustrating, not only the cost of it, but just to think there's, you know, two perfectly good coffee makers that are sitting in a landfill somewhere just because the, you know, the water filling part stopped working, but there was no way to fix it. It's just mm-hmm. a little example, but, you know, you often hear about people, oh, someone came to look at my washing machine, the little button on the digital display broke, and they're like, we don't have spare parts, you got to buy a new one. Mm-hmm. So often you think of that from, oh, man, I'm spending all the money, but then on the back end, we have all these products that are filling up landfills. So it's interesting to kind of see how does the concept of planned obsolescence and sustainability, they kind of start to seem at odds. And so I personally, while I was reading all of this, was wondering, you know, we're in a time of great change. Are we going to go back to, you know, maybe now we've got the laptop repairman, my mm-hmm. iPhone. I mean, you have the iPhone stores and things like that, but are we going to start to try to buy things and have them last that lifetime warranty be a real lifetime, not the lifetime of the product, right? <laughs> yeah, and I think... uh one thing that pl- definitely played into it, right, was the the rise and and I guess the fall of prices of a lot of these mm-hmm. consumer goods, right? They got to the point, you know, as an example, right? I have we have a microwave that the digital display, some of the LEDs stopped working, and it's like, well, you can't completely see what the time is. <laughs> and you ask them, you know, how much how how much is it to repair this? And it's like, well, that part costs like a hundred dollars, and the microwave itself costs one hundred fifty dollars. So you might as well just get a whole new microwave. And it's like, well, yeah, that that does make sense. But at the same time, you know, what what a waste. Like just because of something visually, you know, it's more we, we almost like transitioned as a society that aesthetically, if things were not working to our liking, right, they became something that was just kind of a throwaway. And now I think we're we're in that position where where not only manufacturers, but consumers are starting to say, you know what, the impacts of all those decisions are starting to kind of come to fruition mm-hmm. uh, with the situation in our environment. And it's like, maybe we need to really rethink how we position ourselves uh, to, to handle the recycling and, and disposal of, especially all the different varieties of high-end technology that's out now. Yeah, that's a great point. And again, going back to conversations we've been having pretty much, I think every episode, it's kind of like an ecosystem where, you know, consumer demands and we change how we manufacture and then that affects something Mm -hmm. else for what consumers want. So they're all tied together. So, so Carrie, you've been a little bit closer to it, right? On the marketing side, what are you seeing kind of as trends of, of, you know, not only customers, but like different industries that you're hearing about, uh, about how manufacturers and, and, uh, 
and end users are really tailing to their customers, but also keeping a sustainability mindset when they're they're making new products or or new new types of uh, widgets, if you will. So yeah, it's a great question, Kenny. So to me, I think it all comes down to again, sustainability is good business, right? We're talking mm-hmm. about trying to be more efficient. So some of the things that manufacturers have been doing for a while. Um, you know, such as reducing scrap or trying to reduce the amount of energy they're using, um, that saves money, right? Mm-hmm. So it's it's two things, right? It's good for the environment, but it's also going to help improve those KPIs, such as um, overall equipment effectiveness, such as overall equipment efficiency and reducing scrap, mm-hmm. reducing your power usage saves money as well. So there's that aspect of it. And then is two other trends that are kind of tying together to me when I read things with sustainability are one, reshoring, right? So we've all been through a lot of changes here with the pandemic in the last two years. Mm -hmm. And so there's been a big shift to reshore things. So as I reshore, that gives me an opportunity. I'm going to move my manufacturing. If I'm setting up a new manufacturing plant, I can really, similar to what we often talk about with our customers with safety, you know, the best way to design safety is from the get-go. We can start to do that when we start to design our manufacturing processes and have sustainability along with safety at top of mind. So some of those things could be putting VFDs on motors so that I can use less energy, saving energy that way, Mm -hmm. really investigating when I'm doing things with air for hydraulics, can I minimize the leaks I have there? So a lot of those wages, water, air, gas, electrical, and steam, that concept of trying to minimize costs there, really great for sustainability. The other thing you see with that is packaging, right? So there's a big shift in consumer packaged goods to have more eco-conscious Plastics, right? Let's mm-hmm. get away from the traditional plastic that's going to sit in a landfill longer than we're alive. But then that brings a great challenge for manufacturers. I know I've spoken to many people in the field who have a lot of customers who say, hey, somebody at corporate decided we're going to use this green packaging and the material is not as robust or easy to work with as the plastic, right? That's why we use plastic historically. It's pretty robust. So now we've got a smaller window of temperature, for example, that that uh, material can can sustain. So we have to have a more a more res- responsive machine. So something like uh, an Omram Sysmac controller, coming from the product manager here, <laughs> but it's great, right? We've got uh, really fast cycle time, so we can quickly respond quicker and keep that temperature range tighter so that we are able to uh, handle those uh, different materials so that they we're not burning them too hot or it's not warm enough to actually mold them. So that's one thing that we've seen quite a bit. The other thing, my other favorite topic, Kenny, Industry Mm 4.0. So the more data and the more we're able to see what's going on, it really allows us to be more efficient. Efficiency really ties to sustainability. Again, whether it's the amount of energy I'm using, minimizing scrap, making sure I'm really making the right amount of product to go into a container or Mm -hmm. uh, things like that. So that's kind of what I've seen. I also read a pretty interesting article that was talking about um, Danone, which is an international food manufacturer, Mm -hmm. and they're really well known for prioritizing sustainability. And so they've got this climate acceleration plan. And since they're around food, it's trickling out to 
you know, how much energy their plants are using, the packaging that we talked about, but then also agriculture. So they're pushing demands more and more on the farms that are producing the uh, the vegetables and grains and, and uh, animals for food. Mm-hmm. And so it's trickling out to them to make sure to help guide and push and put pressure on farmers to be more uh, eco-conscious with their directives. So that's another trend I've seen is some of these larger companies really using their influence to help accelerate the trend. And I think it, I think it's going to start to to play a little bit into um, kind of to to piggyback off to, off of a couple topics you have. It's going to start to play into some of the the machine builders designing process, right? Mm-hmm. If I'm designing a machine for Danone, I know that they have a green a green initiative in, internally for sustainability, right? I have the ability to kind of give my machine a leg up to just say, I'm not just using the cheapest components that I can get, but I'm using components from manufacturers that are also supporting green initiatives. And I think it's going to create a new uh, potential value proposition for those machine builders to say, hey, I hear your I hear your challenges. I hear your motivations. Right. We're, we're doing things in a similar fashion to really. You know, we, we want to go on that journey with you. So I think that's going to be one thing. Another uh, comment I wanted to make about, you know, you were talking about reshoring and everything. I think that's where automation is going to become even, even bigger, right? You know, mm-hmm. we've talked about the pandemic with the labor shortage and, and how things have been, right? What's an easier way to potentially reshore some of your products in a more efficient manner? I mean, for sure it is, is a larger upfront cost, right? But if you invest in, you know, potentially robotics and, and other automation technologies, it takes that need away from potentially having to have uh, a worker doing the manual work and allowing to hire that worker to do more skilled type activity to support your initiative of reshoring, right? Mm-hmm. So you're kind of deploying them in a twofold. And I think that's that's one thing I think we're going to start to see a lot more of is really automation supporting more of the reshore activity because of, you know, I guess if we even go full circle again, right? Because electronic consumer electronics and electronics in general, I mean, right now they're at an all-time high, right? But have been coming down in price to become more affordable. So if I'm saying to you as a, as a, as a factory operator, right, we should deploy some, some collaborative robots here. And initially you're like, that's going to cost me like millions of dollars, not, not the case anymore, you know? Mm-hmm. I really love that point you made um, about the OEMs, right? Because it's similar to that concept of people are being more conscious of how they're spending their money, mm-hmm. right? So consumers are going to say, hey, this is a company that I like, I trust, they have, you know, they do good for yep. the world. So I want to spend my money there as opposed to their competitor. Mm-hmm. I love that idea of, you know, hey, like, let's, be honest, I'm sure our friends in the um, push-button product marketing would be upset if we said this, but push-button is can be considered somewhat of a commodity. Yep. But if I'm a machine builder and I want to say, hey, I'm pushing a green initiative, I'm buying my push-buttons or everything on my machine from companies that are following sustainability initiatives, it's a great point. I didn't, I hadn't thought of that, mm-hmm. pushing through there. And I think, you know, this is an Omron podcast. We, I think that gives Omron a leg up, right? Um, I know you did a lot of, you can share with us some of Omron's sustainability initiatives. Yeah, and no, we, we we at Omron do a, a fantastic job of, I think, promoting and, and talking about the different sustainability activities that we take on. Some of the, some of the key ones that, 
that I think, you know, are, are big enough to emphasize would be, you know, one, obviously, uh, with the growth of, of ROAS compliance and, and REACH compliance, right, we, we are mm-hmm. very controlling about any kind of potential hazardous substances that are used in, in the manufacturing. Because we're thinking about, again, where is it going to go potentially when it's, it's, uh, its service life is up on whatever machine it's on. So I thought that that's fantastic. We've had uh, really good initiatives internally to make sure that, that those controls are put in place. On top of that, and kind of complementary to it is, is we put a lot of controls in place on who we do business with to get our raw materials from. We make sure that we're holding our suppliers of raw materials for our products to higher standards to make sure that not only are we are we getting quality materials that help us continue on our, our quality initiatives for good products, but we're also making sure that that those those members of our supply chain are are along with us for the ride. Very similar to the comment I made about the OEMs, right? We want people uh, and suppliers that are thinking in the same mindset of us as on sustainability. And then lastly, which I thought was a fantastic uh, uh, fact that I found out, is we've actually implemented a lot of greenhouse reduction activity at many Mm. of our factories overseas, uh, whether it be using renewable energies to power our factories or potentially using solar panels. So really, really pushing forward in the renewable side to power the factories that are making our products. So I think there's so many – it's like when you think about sustainability, right, there's so many different layers – that you can you can find in manufacturing and so many different opportunities where you can really uh, become more efficient, but also reduce the the impact on the environment. Yeah, I didn't realize all the greenhouse initiatives we have. It's very exciting. Mm-hmm. Yep. And you know, even on top of the the sustainability that we've implemented our factories, right, Carrie, you had brought up a, a an idea of and a, uh, some actions of sustainability that I hadn't even hadn't even thought of. Uh, yeah, same. I was really impressed. We were at a customer that's an OEM. So they do a lot of high volume machines, so a lot of the same machine over and over. So they have a lot of shipments coming in quite a bit from certain suppliers and then machines going out to the same customer. So they've actually uh, invested in reusable packaging and shipping materials. So they'll get a box and it's full of the from their supplier, let's say, um, components for a certain part of the machine. Mm-hmm. And then they use, they get those. And then they, they, when they ship out to their customer, they have a continuous cycle of using the same containers over and over. So you're not having all that mm-hmm. cardboard and packaging materials. Mm-hmm. And so, um, I thought that was a really innovative way to do it. And I was really impressed and I started asking questions and the guy started laughing. He's like, I can't even tell you how much money we save. Cause also think about the cost of, uh, getting rid of that cardboard, right? Mm-hmm. We've all been in factory plants where they have that big smusher machine that breaks down all the cardboard, and then you have to pay somebody to pick it up, and who knows what gets recycled as well. Another cool thing on the topic of recycling, we had a customer come in where they're using Omron automation and Omron robots to help at the recycling plants. So, you know, People, we've all got the blue bins. Mm -hmm. Not everybody always follows that. Frankly, it's pretty confusing on what can and what can't go in there. So somebody has to sort through and figure out, is this... Is this actually reusable? Mm. And oftentimes, the cost of sorting that in the the headache, people will think they're recycling and they just end up throwing it out, right? Because it's not compliant. So uh, we have a customer that actually uses Omron robots and vision systems to quickly pull out, okay, that's not recyclable. Oh, man, somebody threw, I don't know 
something that's not recyclable in the recycling bin so we can quickly grab that as it comes out on the mm-hmm. conveyor before it goes through to be processed. So that's another cool way that um, I thought that Omron and our customers are working to kind of help make recycling more of a reality. It's interesting, too, because I, I would probably think the same thing, right? I look at something, you see the recycling label, you throw it in the can, and you don't even think twice about it. But the fact that that you think you're doing a good deed, right? But then it turns out that there's even a, another layer that has to be done to make sure that, that ultimately those items do get recycled. Right. So like, you know, your milk carton, I believe mm-hmm. that the milk carton can be recycled, but the cap can't. So stuff mm-hmm. like that. There's all these little nuances. And if you ever pay attention to the little triangle, there's certain numbers. Mm-hmm. I don't know what any of them mean. Yeah. I just know that <laughs> some of it's recyclable and some of it isn't. Mm-hmm. Or you just have people who don't even realize and they're throwing, you know, their their dirty plate, mm-hmm. their dirty paper plate in there, not realizing that it's a recycling bin or not realizing what can and can't get recycled. Yeah. So the more that we can help ensure what can gets recycled, actually gets recycled is great. So I really had fun learning more about that customer who um, helped improve recycling processes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's nice to, you know, you think about that and you think kind of back to the Omron principles, right? And our, our motto, right? To improve lives and contribute to a better society. That's what mm-hmm. our technology is doing, right? You know, these are things that, that people are probably not thinking about because honestly, you know, you, you throw something in the recycle bin, you put it out by the curb, the recycling truck takes it, don't even give it a second thought, but there's exactly. definitely automation that's required to, to help ensure that these items truly do get to the spot where they're supposed to. Yep. It's one of the great things that makes you happy to come into work every exactly. day, right? Exactly. And then lastly, the, the one thing I wanted to hit on a little bit for our audience, you know, the, the fact that we had kind of emphasized a little bit earlier on the social aspect of the, the Dow Jones Sustainable Indices is... You know, Omron prides itself, I would say, you know, and, and goes back to our mission, right? Contributing to a better society, saying that we're, we're a very inclusive and diverse company to even the standpoint that I'm not sure many people know that Omron has actually actually created a factory. I believe it was in the 70s that they opened it that was specifically designed for people that had disabilities to allow them to be able to use the abilities that they have to to work in an Omron factory, produce Omron products, right? And I think that's something that, you know, just thinking about the fact that it happened so long ago just shows kind of the foresight of what our, our chairman and our, our founder had as far as making such an inclusive and manufacturing environment that we're not only caring about the products that we're making, but we're caring about the people that are over there making them as well. Yeah, it's pretty neat, right? We've seen videos where it's it's wheelchair accessible or whatever other aids people Mm -hmm. may need and i remember learning that um especially the culture in the 70s in japan people felt like they weren't contributing to society because they weren't able to work in a traditional Mm -hmm. manner so that was one of the things i found really uplifting is a lot of people saying how they were so happy and proud because they were actually you know had the opportunity to contribute and get up every day and Mm -hmm. and help uh help create something so it's a very neat factory that we've created there Mm-hmm. And even even um, you know moving it forward a little bit, I know for a fact one of our regional offices was specifically designed. Like there's very simple things that that really promote that 
that sh- social impact, right? Uh, you know, the in inclusion is they, they put all the light switches, for example, at a lower level so that if someone was in a wheelchair, they could still reach them. Little uh, tweaks like that to a normal building design really emphasize that, you know what, there's some thought that went into this and there's a reason why these are done to, to really promote that inclusive environment. Yeah, it's helpful for me too because I'm pretty short. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Carrie. Well, now that we're on, now that we're in the green zone, I uh, I figured I should ask you a trivia question that's fully related and I feel I believe fully relatable to our current work style of, you know, primarily working from home still. The U.S. Department of Energy recommends turning off the monitor for and placing your computer in sleep mode if you're not going to use it for more than blank amount of time. And so your selections are two hours, six hours, 20 minutes, 45 minutes. So my question is, whatever I answer this, is this going to get me in trouble? Because I'm sure I am way off because that laptop will sit there because I come back and start working. (laughs) I am going to start to monitor your energy usage and then we will grade you on future podcasts. Okay. Stay tuned, listeners. (laughs) (laughs) It'll change. It'll be improved. I would say, I hope it's not 20 minutes. I hope it's two hours. Is it 20 minutes? This will be uh, where I'll ask our producers to insert the (laughs) sound. Um, (laughs) uh, The answer is 20 minutes. And and for a little factoid, I know it's a little outdated factoid, but... um, in 2008, it was estimated that $2.8 million of energy was tied to on computers just being left and not put in sleep mode. $2.8 billion. I'm going to go look at my electric bill. <laughs> See how it's gone up since we've been working from home, right? Exactly. Get your, uh, get your window L. Uh, for those of you that love hotkeys out there, get your window L going now. Yeah. Wow, that's a lot. So again, that's a great point you said, Kenny, though, um, along the things of sometimes I think for me personally, when we talk about sustainability on a personal level, what can I do? That's an easy one, right? Mm Because sometimes it's overwhelming, right? I'm just one person. What can I impact? But that's a great trivia question because now I will keep that in mind and turn my stuff off. Now your computer will, I will, I will always make sure that when I come by your desk that your computer is, is uh, asleep. Please make sure you hit save on whatever's open. (laughs) Good Lord. All right. Well, this was really fun. I didn't even miss having a special guest this time. It was nice talking with you, Kenny. Yeah, absolutely, Carrie. And I'm glad we could could kind of hit on some of these, uh, you know, sustainability and green topics that, you know, like you said, may seem overwhelming to everybody, but there are, you know, there's small actionable things that you can take that really over time, right, they build up and, and, and promote really a much more sustainable environment. Absolutely. I'm excited to see what the next couple of years unfolds. Thank you everyone for joining Kenny and me for the Operation Automation Podcast. If you have topics you would like to hear discussed on future episodes, please send them to our email address, omronnow at omron.com, with podcast idea in the subject line. All of the cool things you learn on this podcast can be found on automation.omron.com. Until next time, we put the fun in factory automation.